welcome to Buildings of Tomorrow. Today's episode is all about ESG and ESG's impact on the building industry. I'm really excited and lucky to be joined again by Christoph Leitkeep. Christoph is the COO of Icon RG uh, and he's here to talk us all the way through uh, and continue that discussion where before we talked about certifications and now talk about how that really impacts the expectations and, and uh, the driving decisions within this building industry. Christoph, thanks so much for joining us again today. Yeah, hi, John. Thanks for having me. Uh, now, today we're talking about ESG and its impact on the building industry. Uh, ESG is something that we see uh, in every headline, in, in company reporting, in a lot of conversation around the market. And sometimes the understanding is not very strong what ESG means. So let's start there. Give us a quick insight. What What is ESG and uh, what does it stand for, firstly? Because obviously it's an acronym. And, and what's it all about? Yeah. Uh, okay, so ESG, as you said, it's it's an acronym. It's an English acronym and, and stands for Environmental, Social and Governance. And ESG is used to evaluate uh, sustainable and ethical impacts of companies' investment decisions. So while ethical, sustainable and corporate governance are considered non-financial performance indicators, their role is to ensure accountability and systems to manage a company's impact, such as its carbon footprint. Uh, the ESGs are directly related to and built on the 17 sustainable, Sustainability Development Goals, the SDG, adopted by the UN member states in New York. It was in 2015. The SDGs formulate general goals on how to sustainably improve life on Earth. So that is in terms of respectful use of natural resources, of course, protection of animal species, avoidance of poverty, but also less hunger and better coexistence with less conflict. So ESG refers to these goals, but provides more concrete metrics. But what are these metrics? So just split it into three parts. Let's have a closer look at the environmental uh, pillar. The environmental factors involve how much an organization considers the protection of natural resources. These factors include the environment, climate change, energy consumption, and its overall impact. So examples of environmental factors include air and water quality, biodiversity, deforestation, energy performance, carbon footprint, including greenhouse gas emissions, natural resources depletion, and waste management and pollution. So this is the first pillar. Then we have the social pillar, and there it's a little bit tricky or not that obvious, perhaps. So the social factors address how an organization treats people, including these examples. So we are talking about community, uh, community relations, including the organization's connection and the impact on the local communities in which it operates and serves. Then we are talking about customer satisfaction, data protection and privacy policies. but. Here also, employee diversity, equity, and inclusion plays an important role, as well as the employee engagement and the relations to them. We have health and safety topics, human rights, including child labor and slavery, and of course, already well-known labor standards, which should be applied. And last but not least, the third pillar, the governance pillar. Governance examines how a company manages itself 
focusing on internal system controls and practices to maintain compliance. Governance focuses on transparency, industry best practices, organization management, and associated growth initiatives. So examples for this, company leadership, board composition, including diversity and structure as well, corruption and bribery, donation and political lobbying, executive compensation and policies, tax strategies, whistleblower programs. So you can see that the issues involved in ESG are very complex and not always obvious or directly related to real estate. This is what makes it so complicated, I would say, for everyone involved to understand the relevance of the individual aspects. Yeah, and, and thanks so much for the explanation because exactly as you mentioned, a huge amount of diversity there and some topics that are, let's say, quite simple to understand and to place and some which are, are so complex uh, that it would be very difficult to, to drive those metrics mm. and understand really what the impact is. And, and it's across you know, what you just described within especially the, the social and the governance piece spreads beyond what a business does, let's say, and, and starts to look at how they how they behave, how they work, the people that work for them, how they sit within the community, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. uh, which, which adds a whole other aspect to that conversation. So, let, so let's bring it back a little bit to the real estate injury, uh, industry. Sorry, and, and as you mentioned there, it's, it's sometimes a little bit difficult to make the connection between some of those more diverse or broad topics uh, and, and the industry itself where we talk about Bricks and mortar, glass, uh, and yep. uh, and metal. So so let's do that. Let's let, let's have a little bit of a of a deep dive. What are some of the the metrics which really relate more directly to the building industry, and what effects do they have to us? Yeah, yeah. So first of all, as you know, buildings account for almost one third of the carbon emissions and about forty percent of the energy consumption worldwide. These alarming figures show that the real estate sector plays an essential role for the env environmental aspect within the ESG, for the E, for the environmental, when it comes to achieving targets such as those regarding global warming. So in order to reduce significantly the negative impact through greenhouse gas emission, the construction process itself and the operate, operation of buildings afterwards have to be decarbonized as far as possible. In addition, buildings must be more energy efficient, which means that the energy demand must be reduced to a minimum, or in best case, buildings will become energy producer and distribute it at peaks time at it peak times to other buildings, so to e-charging stations or to batteries as storage. You see, buildings must be rethought and considered within a more complex ecosystem. But ESG is not only limited to these environmental metrics. Buildings do have significant impact in the social area of ESG as well. For example, we spend 90% of our time in buildings. We work together and meet at places that should provide a high quality in terms of users' well-being and that should also stimulate human interaction. So this is a clear call for action for developers architects and landlords to pay more attention to the design in general, but also to healthier and more sustainable materials. The built environment at a bigger scale with a well-balanced mix of different usage 
can actively contribute to this important goal. In addition, we must all, as stakeholders in the real estate market, work to ensure that fair working conditions are guaranteed and that human rights are respected. This is not only important during the construction phase, of course, but also during operation when it comes to contracts with suppliers, for instance, with facility management services. At the governance level, it is all about compliance issues in the context of buying and selling activities. Or how can landlords motivate tenants to use the spaces in a resource-conserving and energy-conscious way? To this end, green leases create the right incentives. Thanks so much, Christoph, because even though there's so many different topics, there's so many complex topics within this 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 holistic ESG. It's it's always I would not call it a surprise, but it's some, somehow always a little bit of a of uh, you know realization that we see the building has so much impact across so many of these. And exactly that last uh, that last piece where you were talking about some of the social aspects, the building has such a big part to play within. The, the social interactions, the health, the well-being, the, the way that people are operating and managing uh, the, the working conditions and, and the, the, let's say, the, the achievement that people hold and, and feel within that building. Um, now, you as a consultant, uh, you, you, know, you mentioned before developers, investors, owners and operators. You as a consultant are are such an important voice for these stakeholders. You know, your your job there is to help them make some good decisions, to to help them navigate these difficult topics, to to make uh, choices of the many different options out there to help achieve these goals and, and to to perform well on these metrics. So, how does how does ESG and these different metrics affect you? Client of real estate consultant companies like ours is dealing with construction projects, be it for builder owner developer, planner, or construction supplier. This type of stakeholder is affected at the operational level. This means that they have to consider and implement the relevant ESG requirements as part of their ongoing projects, of, as part of their daily business, so to say. So here we see a growing demand for specific advice, which offers us the opportunity to expand our business within our existing clients. Now I come to the interesting part. With all the regulatory ESG requirements, companies whose business is more strategically and overarchingly focused on real estate are suddenly required to, to disclose their real estate activities in terms of their performance on environmental, social, and governance issues. This is, by the way, handled by the EU taxonomy, a binding disclosure regulation which has entered into force in 2022. And believe me or not, they often have no idea how their real estate portfolio is really performing and where the starting points are to improve the quality over a defined period of time. So this is the trigger to expand the business activities beyond the original borders and to address tailor-made ESG services to a new customer segment. Just to give you an example, we were recently asked by a Swiss bank to assist them in analyzing and classifying their real estate funds 
according to the Sustainable Finance Disclosure Regulations, so SFDR uh, in short, which means to assess whether they are following sustainable goals according to Article 9, or at least promoting environmental and social attributes according to Article 8. So if they cannot be assigned to either category, they must be designated as unsustainable according to Article 6, as you can imagine, in this case, the value of the fund would be at risk or even drop immediately. To be able to fulfill this task, you need to have the regulatory background on the one hand and expertise in building and construction issues on the other. So these very different requirements can often not be met in the same way by the consulting firms. Either they are experts in building technology and management or building systems, or they focus on regulatory issues. We at ICANN can combine both. If we went back maybe even just 10 years, this conversation would not be on the table for us. Uh, and it's something that as an industry, and as we understand more and more the impact that the built environment, the, the space that people spend their time in, and then also, of course, the large impact that we have across all of society from a sustainability perspective in particular, makes this more and more important. So I, I have one last question, but, but just very quickly before we get to that, how, for, for you, is that a reasonable summary? Do you think that today... Today, this conversation is so important, um, and yesterday it wasn't. This has been a, a very fast shift for us as an industry. Yeah, I, I could definitely uh, subscribe what you, your work you just said. It's, it's a big, big shift, and it's not a trend, uh, because often you hear ESG is a new trend. No, it's not. It is reality, and that's why it's so important to address this issue, to discuss it, to, to find solutions how we can uh, improve uh, our buildings uh, according to ESG requirements. So that's for sure. For me, it's, it's, it's already here, it's already there, and it, it will expand in the future. Perfect. And, and that's the perfect connection to my last question for today, because for me, uh, just understanding a little bit more the, the complexity that comes with this, uh, understanding that that shift has happened fast. And I would not say, I think I can safely say, uh, for us as a construction industry, a real estate industry, we're not known for moving quickly. So when things change quickly, uh, this this creates a challenge for us. So what would your call to action be? Uh, if you if you were talking to, to those listening and some of those people listening, maybe real estate investors, maybe developers, uh, maybe owner operators, what would your call to action be for them? to start this journey, to, to begin to, to understand uh, and, and operate and, and take action in this new landscape defined by ESG? Yeah, yeah. So I would say definitely take ESG-related topics seriously. ESG has come to stay. So I think this is my first conclusion. And with the early involvement of the right partner, appropriate measures can be identified much more easily and it even saves money directly if risks are averted and opportunities exploited in good time. So the key to success in ESG topics will be a trustful and long-lasting partnership. It is not about one single construction project or so. It, it is about a holistic life cycle approach with various metrics to be considered. And 
It is not limited to a single project or investment. It is even bigger than a portfolio view. It is about corporate level behavior in terms of environmental, social, and governance performance. Hey, thanks so much, Christoph. And, and I think that message is clear. Uh, take it seriously. This is not a trend. This is something that is here to stay. And, and while it's not new, uh, maybe the understanding and the and the ability for us as an industry to start to to leverage these metrics becomes more and more powerful. So so don't hesitate, uh, don't ignore, because uh, today uh, maybe this is is something that we say is quite new. Tomorrow it will be something that is essential, uh, and and the journey starts and, and needs to start as soon as possible. Christoph, thanks so much. Uh, great conversation, great insights. So uh, very much appreciated. Uh, so thank you for joining us again today. Yeah, John, thank you again for having me. It was a great experience. Thanks. Uh, absolute pleasure. Uh, and a big thank you out there to everyone who is watching or listening us, to us as well today. Uh, remember that uh, you can like, share, comment uh, on this episode. Ensure to subscribe wherever you found this. And uh, also remember to, to keep your eye open because every couple of weeks we have discussions like this with Christoph where we talk about some of the big drivers, the big topics within the industry. And it doesn't get much bigger uh, than the conversation today around ESG because the impact across uh, whether it's an individual system, an individual technology, or like Christoph mentioned in his summary at the end there, right through to the operation and the behavior of a business, uh, ESG is something that will continue to drive the decisions that we make from a technology uh, and also from an operational perspective. So thanks again, Christoph, and thanks to everyone listening, and we'll see you very soon.